Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Monday, October 18th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's charts. At number one, we got BTC at $62,415.99, up 2.46%. Ethereum at number two, $3,865.19, down 0.42%. Binance Coin number three, $471.64, up 1.11%. Cardano at number four, $2.16, down 1.03%. Number five, Tether, $0.99. Cents. XRP number six, $1.09, down 3.84%. Number seven, Solana, $160.20, down 1.54%. Polkadot at number eight, $42.69, down 0.24%. USD coin, $1. And last but not least, number 10, Dogecoin at $0.24. Cents. Let's take a look at the Crypto Fear and Greed Index. Extreme Fear can be a sign that investors are too worried that could be a buying opportunity and when investors are getting too greedy that means the market is due for a correction so we got extreme greed at 78 yesterday was extreme greed at 79 last week was greed at 71 and last month was neutral at 50 let's take a look at our five articles today article number one is whales buy millions of dollars worth of sheep as shiba inu prepares to break out Article two, why the big short guys think Bitcoin is a bubble. Article three, Grayscale said close to filing to convert Bitcoin fund into spot ETF CNBC. And article four, XRP may be UK's retail darling, but what does that mean for its price? And last but not least, article five is Bitcoin as the fourth industrial revolution, a matter of debate. All right. So before we get into the articles, again, as always, just want to say thank you so much to all my supporters on the podcast and YouTube space. If you are in the podcast, please check me out on Apple, Spotify, or Google. And if you're in the YouTube space, please like, share, and subscribe. Helps me out really greatly. So thank you again. Let's get into it. Article one. Whales buy millions of dollars worth of sheep as Shiba Inu prepares to break out. So let's take a look. As anonymous buyer who has been on a Shiba Inu shopping spree since the beginning of October has now accumulated $49.9 billion. So here, what we have is Shiba Inu coins, the Ethereum whale has spent close to $1.2 billion to collect the Shiba tokens. The Dogecoin killer Shiba Inu is seeing a massive influx of attention on social media, second to Bitcoin's popularity. According to an analyst, there will be a 100% gain in the Shiba price as the whales continue accumulating the crypto coin. The Shiba Inu token can now be purchased at 4,000 ATMs across the US and Brazil through CoinCloud, making it more accessible. In a recent tweet, CoinCloud announced you've been hearing all about Shiba Inu lately but can't figure out how to get some? Well, we get you. It's complicated and confusing. Until now, here's the easiest way to buy Shiba Inu coin and the fastest too. Shiba Inu's social dominance is quickly climbing worldwide and CoinGecko has listed Shiba as one of the top 10 trending cryptocurrencies in Asia. On October 7th, it reached a high of 0.00003473. However, the cryptocurrency is still well below its all-time high of 0.00003532. 
achieved on May 10th, according to Going Gecko. Since October 11, Shiba Inu has lost around $2 billion of its market capitalization, dropping from $12 billion to $10 billion. So what do you guys think about this? Whales buy millions of dollars worth of sheep as Shiba Inu prepares to break out. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. Let's take a look at Article 2. Why the big short guys think Bitcoin is a bubble. During the past year of COVID-induced market mania, cryptocurrencies have gone up so much. Bitcoin is about fivefold, while many other crypto projects are up far, far more. That even reluctant Wall Street institutes have begun to tiptoe into the arena. A blazing rally that began this month has helped Bitcoin shoot up nearly 50% in two weeks. It was driven by various pieces of news. For instance, George Soros's family office disclosed that it holds some, but the biggest force was the increasingly certain expectation that the federal government will approve the first Bitcoin-based exchange-traded fund, which will allow retail investors to buy in more easily, including for 401k accounts. The ETF could begin trading as early as Monday. But doubters remain, and their ranks just happen to include many of the same prominent investors who saw the financial crisis of 2008 coming. Hedge fund mogul John Paulson, who was behind the greatest trade ever in 2007, he personally made $4 billion on a short of subprime mortgages. Thinks cryptocurrencies are a bubble that will prove to be worthless, Michael Burry. The quirky hedge fund manager, made famous in the big short movie played by Christian Bale, complains that no one is paying attention to crypto's leverage. For months, he has been suggesting that Bitcoin is on the precipice of collapse. And NYU professor Nassim Taleb, whose now canonical book, The Black Swan, warned about the dangers of unpredictable events just ahead of the subprime crash, argues that Bitcoin is functionally a Ponzi scheme. Other famous critics include economist Nureo Rubini, one of the few in his profession to predict the financial crisis, and hedge fund billionaire and hard money acolyte Paul Singer, whose speech at a prestigious investment conference in 2006 described the eventual wipeout of mortgage securities. Singer, the founder of the $48 billion investment from uh, Elliott Management, thinks cryptocurrencies are a fraud, but is apparently tired of complaining about them. Pulling out your hair is an option, though only if you have hair to spare. The balding 77-year-old singer wrote in his first quarter letter to investors this year, we continue to press on for the day when we can say we told you so. Since then, though, the Bitcoin bulls have only grown more optimistic. Despite a steep sell-off in May and the growing certainty that the Securities and Exchange Commission the U.S. Treasury, and even the Department of Justice are getting ready to clamp down on the cryptocurrency world. Retail and institutional investors alike having kept buying. When China announced on September 24th that it would ban all cryptocurrency activities, Bitcoin fell less than 6%. The total value of all cryptocurrencies is now estimated at $2.5 trillion, and a single Bitcoin trades for around $60,000, up from a low of around $4,000 during the broader market crash in March of last year. Cryptocurrency investors have also been largely unfazed by the fact that in the case of Bitcoin, the term currency is something of a misnomer. Nothing is priced in Bitcoin, Rubini noted in a recent Goldman Sachs research report. While Starbucks might offer customers the option of buying their coffee with Bitcoin, no one actually chooses to do so. 
but one of the crypto world's most powerful and influential investors has a theory on why 2008 Cassandra's, Birdie in particular, only see gloom and doom ahead for Bitcoin. Zhu Su, founder of Singapore-based Three Arrows Capital, tweeted earlier this month, the desire to be consistent with oneself is a source of poor decision-making. The winners of the big short came to define themselves as bears and proceeded to underperform everyone for 13 years. There's never a need to define yourself. The market does not care who you are. He tagged Burry in the thread. A few days later, he opined, 22-year-old Burry would be max long Bitcoin, in my opinion. Age changes a man, and if he's not careful, cringes him. In other words, these are just old guys who can't help fighting the glorious lost war. It was, in part, a response to Burry musing on Twitter about actually going short on Bitcoin. That is, making a real-life financial bet that it will go down, rather than just talking about it. The fact is that most bears, including the ones quoted here, aren't actually shorting Bitcoin. Even as they predict its demise in a Bloomberg interview, Paulson noted that unlike his lucrative big short trade, cryptocurrencies are too volatile and risky to make them a good short. It's undeniable that Bitcoin pessimism has been costly, at the very least in opportunity terms, over the past decade, making it easy to dismiss the naysayers for spreading FUD or fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But Mike Green, a prominent investment strategist who was also short subprime before the financial crisis when he worked at hedge fund Canyon Capital, nonetheless shares the perspective of his fellow 2008 Cassandras. These guys tend to be good BS sniffers, he says. My view is that Bitcoin will ultimately end up going to zero, and I think we are in the final stages right now. Green says he began looking into Bitcoin because clients were clamoring to invest in it. As I dug into the actual underpinnings, it just became clear and very clear that was actually what was going on in a cult-like behavior with no real understanding of the asset or the economic implications for the model that it was proposing, he says. Bitcoin, of course, was born of the great financial crisis and the beginnings of an erosion of trust in Wall Street and monetary authorities. The first block of the now 12-year-old blockchain encodes mention of a news story about bank bailouts. The once niche and derisive term fiat currency, money issued by central bank fiat rather than say mined out of the ground as gold was, has rather remarkably gone mainstream as Bitcoin and the worldview that inspired it have taken root in the public imagination. What's the value? What's the purpose of Bitcoin? To take away the Fed? Asked one outspoken short seller who wanted to remain anonymous because I don't need the Bitcoin guys after me. Kind of like to have the Fed run by PhDs who went to work for the government, being the people deciding fiscal policy more than a bunch of kids, he says, referring to the generation of extremely online young people who have figured prominently among the early adopters of Bitcoin. And the US dollar is backed by the full faith of the United States. Does Bitcoin have an army? It's just a big scheme, he says, and so intellectually wrong. In recent days, hedge fund billionaire Ken Griffin, CEO of Citadel, joined the chorus of critics, calling cryptocurrency a jihadist call. Against the dollar, what a crazy concept that it was, as we, the country, embraced so many bright, young, talented people to come up with a replacement for our reserve currency, he said at the Economic Club of Chicago. 
Bitcoin, its critics like to say is nothing but electricity. To tell me that something that's constructed as a computer program, where you engage in some process of sitting there in front of your computer, and after a period of time and expenditure of a bunch of electricity, a message appears on your screen that you have created something that's ridiculous, Singer said on an investment podcast earlier this year. It's nothing. As Rubini put in a Goldman report, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have no income or utility, so there's just no way to arrive at a fundamental value. He also scoffs at those who call it digital gold. Bitcoin could disappear one day, but gold won't. Bitcoin's advocates tout is as an inflation hedge, but the jury remains out on that question. In practice, it has been heavily correlated to the stock market. If a lot more volatile, going up more on good days and down more on bad ones, while Bitcoin has lately showed some ability to move independently of the S&P 500. Posting gains even when the market declined, critics still see it behaving more like a meme stock than an established asset class. Crypto people think it's an antidote to central bank bubbles, but it has actually become a symptom says Mark Spinzengel, founder of Universal Investments, a hedge fund that made headlines by producing eye-popping gains during the COVID crash last year. Spitznagel, also a fervent critic of the Fed's monetary policies post-crash, says cryptocurrencies themselves are fiat currencies because they are created out of thin air. People buy thinking that the next guy will come along and subjectively value it higher, it says. That looks like a Ponzi scheme. The core element of any pro-Bitcoin argument is decentralization and transparency. But Rubini has asserted that an oligopoly of miners control Bitcoin, pointing to the prevalence of countries like China and, to a much lesser extent, Russia and Iran in crypto mining. The strength of this argument may be one waning, though until recently China accounted for more than 50% of all mining. But it's unclear how much, if any, of that capacity remains online now that the central government has banned the industry. In practice, much of it seems to be moving to the United States, particularly Texas. The question of illicit transactions and money laundering does still hang heavy over Bitcoin, referenced often by financial authorities as a cause for concern. Green estimates that 40% of Bitcoin's real-world transactions are still criminal in nature. Don't forget, the first killer app was Black Market Bazaar Silk Road. Including recent ransomware hackings, bulls argue that the real number is a lot lower. A report by industry firm Chain Analysis pegged it at less than 1% in 2020, less than the comparable figures for cash. Similar questions and uncertainty swirl around the decision by El Salvador to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. I would broadly describe what's going on with El Salvador as they're trying to make money laundering a national business, says Green, who contends that El Salvador is at risk of becoming a narco state. Bitcoin bears say crypto's transparency is also overstated. To be sure, every transaction is recorded on the blockchain a digital ledger that has been highly touted for potential broader use. But that doesn't mean the market is transparent. If cryptocurrency were truly transparent, it might be possible to know how much leverage is currently in use in crypto markets. The Economist recently calculated that 90% of the money invested in Bitcoin is spent on derivatives like perpetual swaps, bets on future price fluctuations that never expire. Most of these are traded on unregulated exchanges, 
from which customers borrow to make bets even bigger. No one knows what the actual leverage is, says Green, who adds that some of the trading is simply fake buy and sell orders known as wash sales that give the illusion of activity. The leverage could kill it, Michael Burry argued in a series of tweets that have since been deleted. If you don't know how much leverage is in crypto, you don't know anything about crypto, no matter how much else you think you know. He tweeted in June, saying its collapse will trigger the mother of all crashes. He likens it to the dot-com bubble of 1999 and the housing one of 2007. Cryptomania is the perfect love child of those two predecessors, says Josh Wolf, who lived through both eras on Wall Street and is the co-founder of venture capital firm Lux Capital. The cryptocurrency world contains both this technological innovation of the dot-com boom and bust and the leverage associated with the housing bubble's complex securitization, as well as its evasion of regulation. As much as abhors cryptocurrency promoters and pumpers, of which there are many, Wolf argues the innovative blockchain infrastructure will survive. One of the longest-running bearish narratives around Bitcoin concerns Tether. The Hong Kong-based stablecoin the idea is that one tether is always worth a dollar. With more than $68 billion of tokens now in circulation, stablecoins are supposed to be backed by riskless assets as they act to grease the wheels of crypto trading exchanges around the globe. But regulators and investors alike have long worried about the quality of tether's collateral and whether the project might not be prone to collapse. Bloomberg reported recently that some of tether's reserves might be held in Chinese commercial paper a particularly dicey asset class at the moment following the implosion of real estate giant Evergrande. The U.S. government is now trying to figure out how best to regulate stablecoins and their potential impact on a broader financial system. Gensler, for example, has called them poker chips and says they should be considered securities that the SEC could oversee. If left unregulated, he said in a recent uh, conference, cryptocurrency markets will not end well. The Treasury Department is also considering regulating Tether, which is under criminal investigation by the Department of Justice, like a bank, as it has been used to avoid both money laundering rules and taxes. Lack of regulation, however, is the point of the free market world of cryptocurrency, says Green. He notes that the venture capitalists who've dreamed up many of the new tokens and exchanges come from a culture that created popular new businesses, like Airbnb, and Uber, which thrive by avoiding the type of costly regulations that govern their established rivals. The VC world calls it disruption. Green calls it regulatory arbitrage. The crypto world is clearly nervous about more regulation. What could go wrong with crypto? Well, what could go wrong is we could have some more really crappy regulation, which will slow things, Michael Novogratz, hedge fund manager turned Bitcoin pioneer who founded financial firm Galaxy Digital, told attendees at Bitcoin promoter Anthony Saramucci's SALT conference in New York in September. At the same conference, hedge fund mogul Ray Dalio of Bridgewater Associates, who dabbles in cryptocurrencies, said he believed regulators would kill Bitcoin if it became too successful. Spitznagel uh, agrees with that assessment. I can see why governments need to fight this thing. They are probably going to shut it down at some point. Here, a more neutral observer might point out that Bitcoin is a decentralized global network and that one national government or even many governments together can't just shut it down. 
as long as there are computers somewhere in the world running their program, Bitcoin is technically alive and functioning. Even expectations of a China-like Bitcoin ban in the United States might not be really reality-based. The federal government treats Bitcoin as property. And Gensler's regulatory hawkishness has generally included exceptions for Bitcoin itself. His agency is the regulatory authority that seems ready to let a Bitcoin futures ETF begin trading on a U.S. exchange next week. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said recently before Congress that he did not intend to ban it. Meanwhile, flush with cash, the new crypto industry is busy lobbying Congress to thwart any new regulations, including efforts to tax crypto and has drawn mostly Republicans to its side. Beyond all the specific arguments and counterarguments, the fact remains that those from the big short set make the case against Bitcoin are generally not making the same kind of real-life short bets that made them so much money in 2008. Whether that is real tell here or just an oddity of this particular bubble remains to be seen. You can't be short in a scale, agrees a short seller. Like some of the others who fundamentally dislike it, he even has a small position in Bitcoin. If it goes up, I'll make a little bit of money. If it goes to zero, I'll be so happy. I will gladly lose the money. So there you guys have it. That was a very long article, but the big short guys think Bitcoin is a bubble. Here is why. Comment down below and let me know what you think. Do you agree with those guys or do you think that they're just a bit jealous about their thinking and you think that they're not going to make it so comment down below all right let's take a short break just to say thank you to everyone that's been subscribing and also listening to the podcast i've been looking at the analytics and i've seen a lot of people listening in on apple ios devices so thank you so much if you do have friends or family members that have google devices uh, they can check me out on google or spotify podcast and if they're on the youtube space they can check out the video version of this uh, crypto news updates. So again, everything is unbiased. So please, you'll hear things that are for crypto and against crypto, just like the big short sellers, guys. They're against crypto. All right, let's keep on going. Let's go to Article 3. So um, Grayscale. Grayscale said that the close to filing to convert Bitcoin fund into spot ETF. Grayscale Investments plans on applying to convert the world's biggest Bitcoin fund into a spot exchange traded fund ETF earlier this week, according to a report by CNBC, citing a person with knowledge of the matter. While the exact timing of Grayscale's intended filing may be new, the world's largest digital asset manager has made no secret of its intent to seek approval for a spot Bitcoin-based ETF once a futures-based one cleared the commission. That approval occurred on Friday. Grayscale's ETF would be backed by actual units of the cryptocurrency, not simply linked it via derivatives contracts such as futures. Should the proposal gain approval, it would be a further expansion of the leading cryptocurrency as a recognized investable asset. Some analysts predict that the $38.7 billion Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, GBTC, whose shares already trade in public stock markets, has no chance of winning approval anytime soon for its current plan to convert into an ETF backed by the cryptocurrency. Once the filing is made, the SEC will have 75 days to renew it. 
Grayscale is a unit of digital currency group, which is also the parent of Coindesk. So that was a very quick article talking about Grayscale saying they're close to filing to convert Bitcoin fund into spot ETF. Comment down below and let me know if you hold any ETF, whether you're in based in uh, Canada or any other country that has Bitcoin ETFs. All right, article number four. XRP may be UK's retail darling, but what does that mean for its price? XRP's price has been oscillating close to the $1 mark for quite some time now. During the August rally, the sixth-ranked alts price recorded gains of close to 80%, managing to hit a multi-month high of around $1.30. However, it was still way lower than its 2018 all-time high of $3.30. In fact, the crypto didn't even make it to its yearly high of $1.96 way back in April. Now, with people from the community starting to attribute the stablecoin notion to this alt, can XRP make any significant moves in the last quarter? UK's retail darling. Of late, XRP has seen a jump in retail and institutional adoption. According to a recent report published by eToro, XRP remains the most popular crypto asset among retail investors in the UK. It further revealed that the UK-based retail investors preferred XRP over other digital currencies in Q3, with a 4% increase in Q2 and a 105 growth in ownership year to year. Additionally, XRP's supply distribution minor balance of addresses suggested that the retail crowd has been a major driving force behind the alt's recent pump as a one to 10 coin percent presented the most notable uptick. While whale accounts also saw steady growth even though the number isn't as significant. Recently, Ripple joined the Digital Pound Foundation as one of its founding members alongside Accenture, Avalanche, Billion Group, CGI, Electronium, and Quant. This isn't Ripple's first step in the CBDC solution arena either. With the company in a partnership with Bhutan's central bank to pilot retail, cross-border, and wholesale payment use cases for a digital Nagultrum using its CBDC solution. While the XRP community expected the news to generate social attention, the same wasn't seen in the market. In fact, it seemed like such external factors had no major price implications. Stuck between a rock and a hard place? Well, XRP's price has been struggling to break above the $1.20 mark. And while there have been external developments, the alt has struggled price-wise. For the last one and a half months, the crypto's trade volumes and RSI have registered no major upticks. If anything, its trade volumes in the spot market have dwindled. There have been one piece of positive news, however, with the crypto continuing to maintain a positive above its major exponential moving averages, 20, 50, 100, and 200. Especially since the recent Golden Cross, EMA Cross, which was expected to shoot up the alt's price, did nothing much. This could be due to the market anxiety associated with the SEC versus Ripple Labs case, the SEC's latest filing to deny Ripple's motion to seal audio and video transcripts could make Ripple's case difficult. Seems like XRP will not break out towards its 2018 all-time high, just yet. Perhaps more than anything, it awaits clarity in the shape of a settlement with the SEC or a Ripple-led victory count and court. However, a push from bulls and a significant boost in trade volumes could pump 
XRP is priced above the crucial $1.33 resistance in the near term. So there you guys have it. XRP may be UK's retail darling, but what does that mean for its price? Comment down below and let me know if you think XRP is going to get to its all-time high by the end of this year or by next year. All right, let's take a look at our main topic today. It's the last one. It is, is Bitcoin as the fourth industrial revolution a matter of debate? So Bitcoin for long has been scrutinized for the benefits and risk it poses in terms of economic growth, financial system stability, and the welfare of society. While some call it the biggest financial innovation of the fourth industrial revolution, others believe in simply banning it. Banning crypto? Really? Investor Brock Pierce, in a recent interview with Fox News, responded to the very same crypto critics. In the context of banning cryptocurrencies, he said, I don't know how one could do that. Logically, it's a distributed, decentralized network. Equating crypto with the Industrial Revolution, he said that jurisdictions can only outlaw it as China has. However, as a result, there will only be a list of winners and losers. The question is, are you going to be the beneficiary of change or not? What kind of regulations does the industry need? In light of the regulatory uncertainty in the United States, Pierce also hopes that the government makes wise, sensible decisions backed by research. Here, it is noteworthy that Pierce is the co-founder of Tether, the stablecoin that was recently flagged by the United States Treasury Department. Having said that, experts do argue that the U.S. is in need of a clear regulatory framework. Sullivan and Cromwell Senior Chairman Rodden Cohen, for instance, recently listed key regulatory changes required in the United States. In an interview with Bloomberg, he said, We need modernization of the Community Reinvestment Act, CRA. We need final capital rules under Basel III. We need at least the beginning of a real debate on a central bank digital currency, CBDC. Calling for a clarified regulatory approach to cryptocurrencies, he went on to add, we need a number of safety and soundness regulations, really modernized. Unbelievable El Salvador. While the need and level of crypto regulations is a topic of contention globally, El Salvador's Bitcoin adoption is also being widely debated. Pierce, for his part, lauded El Salvador's Bitcoin decision in a panel discussion, he said. The results are unbelievable. They achieved what I would say was my highest expectations. He also pointed out that over half of the country's population was downloaded a Bitcoin wallet in just a month of going live. Additionally, he emphasized that it is a country where 70% of the population is unbanked. While he equated the policy decision while accelerating innovation and financial inclusion, everyone does not seem to agree. Is it all really smoke and mirrors? Shifting the focus to technology economist Steve Hankey recently called most of the crypto innovation around us smoke and mirrors. He tweets, private digital money is nothing new. Most money has been produced privately and in a digital form for decades. A great deal of what you read about the innovative wonders of cryptocurrencies is smoke and mirrors. Read my latest. It is a co-authored article, Economist Hanke and Matt Serkerke uh, question the need for crypto. 
Moreover, they wrote that banks have been reliable keepers of ledgers for centuries. They added, we do not wish to claim that crypto is devoid of innovation, but to cut some of the more breathless claims about it down to size. Very recently, Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan Chase, also commented that Bitcoin is worthless. But as discussions around the need for investor protection and safeguarding innovation continue, institutional adoption of crypto has also accelerated on the back of investor interest. This was something Brock Pierce pointed out as well. In response to Diamond's comment, Pierce said, when you take a look deeper, his firm is participating and profiting from this crypto, and they've got a lot of engineers working on it. So there you guys have it. What do you think about this? Do you think Bitcoin as the fourth industrial revolution, a matter of debate? Comment down below and let me know what you think. Yes or no. All right, let's take a look at the prices one more time before we head out. At number one, we got BTC at $62,421. Ethereum at $3,868. Binance Coin, $471. Cardano, $2.16. Tether, $0.99. Cents. XRP, $1.09. Solana, $160.20. Polkadot, $42.69. USD coin, $1. And Dogecoin at $0.24. Cents. So there you guys have it. Thank you so much for making it this far into the podcast and YouTube video. Again, this is Dave's Daily Crypto Take. All the news and updates are all unbiased. So you'll get for crypto and against crypto. Uh, please do your due diligence and do your own research before thinking about investing your money into crypto. And if you do have any comments, please leave them down below. And if you have any questions, you could also message me directly. Other than that, have a great crypto day and I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.